0: Welcome to Deeper Dive. I'm your host, Dawn, because Joe's not here today. So, Joe, we miss you. <laughs> but never mind, we'll go on without Joe. Just want to say welcome to all our podcast listeners. And remember that you can always text your questions or your comments to 954 388 8780. And today we have Pastor Jen. And
1: as hey! And as
0: Joseph would call you, Pastor PJ. Yes.
1: Yes. How are you
0: doing this morning, Pastor J? I
1: am doing well. Yes, I am.
0: Very good. Very good. Very good. All right. And we just want to um, also acknowledge the family of um, Elaine Stevenson. Mm -hmm. Um, Passing was on Sunday. Um, 4th of July crazy time Mm -hmm. so we'll never forget her passing so we just want to um, send our condolences and our prayers to the family um, during Mm -hmm. this time very difficult time for them all right so before we get started Pastor Jen we will pray all right Um, loving father thank you so much for this day that you've allowed us to see We thank you for the way that you love and you care for us every single moment of the day without us even realizing. And as we remember the family of Elaine, we ask that you be with them so carefully today. Just be with them everywhere they go, continue to comfort them, continue to love and care for them, continue to just make sense of the things that they're going through because it's just such a devastating experience that we are all experiencing, even as a church family, just to know that our friend, Elaine, is gone. But you know all things, God. And you know the reasons why this is happening right now. And we thank you for her life and her legacy. We thank you for the way that she blessed our hearts and our minds and the way she was such a warrior for you, Lord. And we ask God that as we continue to go through this day that and we will remember her family, continue to Um, send our condolences to them, continue to send our prayers to them, and also to remember that life is so fleeting and so fragile that we must make every effort to keep our connection close with you so we can truly be ready to meet you. It's our prayer name. Amen. 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 All right. So even though Joe is not here, (laughs) he sent questions for you, Pastor Jen, as usual. He did. He did. So his first question was um, regarding from Mark 4. I think it started at verse 35, where the winds and the waves were tossing the disciples and Jesus was sleeping. And so Joe's question was, why if the disciples have seen so many things that Jesus has done up to this point, why are they still doubtful? and still frightened at this stage?
1: I think at this point, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Cause they, at this point, if they have seen Jesus mm-hmm. do all these miracles, then they're very much aware of his power. Mm-hmm. So why would they still be doubtful? I, I'm just, I'm thinking this is the first time that it has been turned around on them yeah everybody you know jesus has solved the problems of everybody else
0: right right right.
1: you know and for the first time now they're experiencing problems in their own territory their territory which they are supposed to know the sea is what they did
0: exactly
1: right the sea the sea was their job fishing they knew the currents and this kind of a this kind of a squall they haven't mm-hmm. experienced um, that type before. And perhaps what scared the most was seeing the master sleeping. Yeah I know. <laughs> You know like sleeping
0: there in this big storm and it's like, what is he doing?
1: What are you doing? Yeah. And I liken that to us as regular, you know, back then the Christians, they, they had, they had Jesus there. He was their presence. And Mm -hmm. I even think think about the Egyptians as they were running and and come come to the Red Sea and there's nowhere else to go. And how do they not believe when the pillar of fire, (laughs) you know, Ah. has been following them? How could they not? How can you not when you have all this other supernatural things that are proving Hmm. the miracles of God. And yet they still had to see something big happen on their behalf. Mm-hmm. Which they did. The parting of the Red Sea. Now you have now you have the disciples and they just they just couldn't see it. They just couldn't see how the master could sleep. And I believe that's us, you know, these days too. We have seen God work miracles in our lives mm-hmm. and and every time the challenge just mm-hmm. seems to get bigger and bigger and bigger, we're still stuck there saying, okay, we forget. We very easily forget what he just did for us a month ago, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're right back into our very own humanness and saying, "Uh, I just don't know. (laughs) I don't see how you're going to do this, God. And this is why I believe we can relate so much to the lives as they they have gone through things with Jesus. Um, We can relate so much to the how is this happening? You know, how many times did it say in in the Bible as I'm reading through the miracles? Everybody was always astonished. Who is this man? Who is this man? Who is this man? You know, and I think for the disciples, not only was this the first time that it was turning on them, but they've seen him do things with with bodies. You know, like heal the bodies. But now, now that they are needing the miracle. Um, the fact that this is out in nature, they have never experienced the power of God over creation yet. And they've seen pretty much everything else. And I think this is why Jesus was putting them through the test. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned in the sermon, every each of our trials is a preparation um, and becomes a testimony for the next one. Right. (laughs) So if then they can be shaken so much as for their own lives, and it usually happens, your 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 testing time is truly when your own life is truly threatened. Threatened, yeah. Yep. Right? Yep. Yep. And so how, how, how were they going to get through that? But they needed to see something huge in order to be able to, they, they had no idea that right in the, However many minutes it was going to take them to dock or the next hour, that they were gonna now come across a supernatural force that that was greater than you know the wind and waves. They were gonna come, come across a man who was riddled with demons. Exactly. You know, so they had in their own, in their own, in their own faith, they had to be completely shored up. They had to see something great. Mm and experience something just out of the ordinary to get them ready for what was about to happen.
0: When we look at this story with the demons, um, Mark five, you've got this person that is basically out of his mind totally. Mm -hmm. And he is, I mean, it's, it's kind of frightening when you actually look at it and see how crazy he was. And we, I had this conversation. It's so funny. I had this conversation with um, the uh, youth I was teaching. Mm. And I asked them, have you ever seen demons nowadays? Do you know about demons nowadays? And they were like, no, never seen it. It doesn't really exist nowadays. That was back then in mm-hmm. the story. This is what has happened. And no, we don't really see that kind of stuff anymore that, because of the way things are. They don't Mm -hmm. exist anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was truly like amazing to me to listen to that younger generation. Like these are the early teens kind of talking about the fact that, you know, that doesn't even exist. And when we see this story, the way you broke it down, um, the way he was and the way Jesus was able to talk to these demons why do you think that was that they were so obedient kind of to Jesus when he actually said, you know, um, who are you? I mean, he, he, we would think that the son of man would know them. He would know who they are. So Why would you think he would ask, who are you?
1: Oh, I think he knew who they were. Right. I truly think he knew who they were. He wanted, in my opinion, and based on, the different commentaries and so forth, I've, I've read. It was his way of having them also acknowledge who he was, was wow. you know, and and also for the man to acknowledge how, because if he's asking, "Who are you?" and they say, "Well, we're a legion, and we are many," just by the name itself, mm. you know, well, we i know now that it's it the number is numbering in 6000 for a roman army right but for it actually to be said um i think the man the man himself had to hear it that he knows he's tortured right but the man himself has to see just how many were messing with him it wasn't just one or two but it was numbering in the thousands so they all had to come to a conclusion or not even a, conclusion, a revelation of how many there were and who Jesus was mm-hmm. because they're the, they come and and you know when i think about this it says immediately the man came so was he watching was he waiting? Did the demons somehow know? Because, you know, they have their own supernatural yeah, thought yeah, powers. Yeah. Did they know that that something was about to happen to them? Yeah, you yeah. know, and, and there was a one, one of the books said, hey, maybe the man, maybe the man, because in the, even the in Matthew, um, it says there are two demon-possessed men. Maybe they were planning to attack. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're planning to attack the boat. They don't know, but as soon as you know, perhaps they don't know it's actually who it was—a son of God coming up with their plan of attack. And then I was like, "Oh, oh, hold up, <laughs> hold up, we can't attack this one. Mm-hmm. Hold on, you know." So I think Jesus had to, by saying the name, it was also—it it was also for his disciples to hear to realize what they were now facing, what they were now coming up against.
0: Mm. Do you think that the past thing that they just experienced with the, the winds and the waves was a precursor for them to really understand, you know, this is, Jesus is the son of God. He is capable of doing anything.
1: Well, if you look at the, the previous stories that he has done, right? one mm-hmm. of the very first miracles was when he um, healed that paralytic man that came through the roof with his friends. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time that people had seen when, when he told what he didn't tell the man was, I'm going to heal you. The mm-hmm. thing that he told the man was, I forgive you. Mm-hmm. Get up and walk.
0: Right, right. right,
1: And, and I, I did a sermon on that before and that was a whole Um, The whole thing about you needing the inside of you, your spiritual side taken care of, because that is what is feeding on your physical or that's what your your physical side is, is feeding on your on your spiritual, um, your spiritual walk. right? Right. But that verse, that story also says at the end and. They were all amazed because who is it? um, Who has the power to forgive except God? Mm -hmm. So that was the first time that Jesus was actually, he says, I also, my father, you know, I I do. I'm telling you that I have the power to forgive. Mm -hmm. I am the one who can forgive. So what's he doing? He's telling everyone that he's showing his divinity. He's first saying, I have the power to forgive. Like my Father in Heaven. Now in the boat, he's he's displaying his supernatural power over creation, and now he is about to display his power over Satan Hmm. and his minions. Right, right, right. right. So that's that's a threefold. He Mm -hmm. can forgive. He can. He can now have power over the over creation. And now he's showing everyone I have supernatural power now mm-hmm. to deal with demons.
0: Yeah. What are the kind of demons you think that we all face nowadays? You gave us a list. And when you gave us that list, I was like, that's not demons because that's not what the man was doing. Envy. Um, um, gossip that's not a demon is that demon possession it, what is that is I that think cool? the, thing those that are,
1: are the the products
0: products yes
1: those are the products of so what did that verse say that was the things of the human flesh right but those are products of so now we're dealing with the like a bitterness Pride. Um, when when we think of people who are sucked up in in, in money, right? Mm-hmm. That's the that's greed, right there. When we when we think of people who are who are bitter, that's pride. That's the unwillingness to let go. Um, the, the demon of no, that's not demons, but judging people. So it all stems from the bigger things so do you think that when we see something
0: like this we think oh well he was he had a whole bunch of demons inside of him but you know envy is like it's no big deal why do we think that way why do we think it's just like a lesser thing that we don't have to deal with even within our church why do we think that we don't need to deal with being envious when we see somebody that has stuff that we you know would really
1: like The commandment says, thou shalt not envy, right? Mm -hmm. But but we think perhaps that it's such a little thing. I I think to us, we, I don't like to use the word too much, but we like to poo-poo it, Mm. right? Envy, uh, whatever. Um, Okay, yeah, they have a BMW or they have a five, six bedroom home. Mm -hmm. But what we don't realize is that little kernel of enviness. It, well, that's not even a word, of envy will grow into something bigger if we feed it, Yes. you yes. know? And so I'm not sure if you ever saw this, so not the movie. <laughs> well, it is kind of, but it's not a movie to say, but The Count of Monte Cristo, he, you've ever seen that movie? Read the, book. read the book. read the book. And Fernand, or one of the main characters, he was just jealous that his friends so Fernand is all rich, He's jealous of his friend who was just happy with the whistle. Mm-hmm. You know, Fernand had gotten a pony, he had gotten this, he had gotten that. But now he's he's just mad because his friend had just gotten a whistle. And how on earth can he just be happy with the whistle, mm-hmm. right? And so that that little thing from their childhood mm-hmm. is what stemmed that seed of jealousy into, which later just blossomed into something so huge that he he had to somehow get this man killed. Mm. And he, he he did that. And, and so, I you know, he, he sent on prison, right? For all those years, he somehow had all... I don't, I don't, I don't want to delve into the movies and for any of you who hasn't seen it, it's a really good movie, <laughs> you know? I just gave stuff away. Those are spoilers, you know? But these little seeds of things that start with something so small and and it goes, talk about celebrity creatures, right? It's so easy for me to even watch colleagues who just have the most fantastic way of preaching and soon i'll be like i I was telling my husband man if only i knew how to do that if only i knew how to how to preach like that person and if only i could memorize a run and do it like that you know he's just like what why why you preach your way you know and so but and and those things i have to remember because then, then it makes me remind me you know god has called all of us because of all the different ways that we preach that don't be envious of how God has called that person because that person's going to reach however that however God uses that person to reach so God gives me my own thing so I have to keep remembering whenever I hear some fantastic sermons I have to say okay you're gifted I don't need that one I'm good with what you got what you're what you're giving me God I'm good with this
0: Yes, so one of the other things that Joe wanted to know was the villagers. So Jesus now casts these demons into the swine and they jump off the cliff. Why were the villagers upset that he was in the
1: area? Well, we have to remember we are in Gentile um, country. They're upset because this was there. Um, the pigs, that was a good portion of their economy that was how they made their living Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and all of a sudden in comes Jesus and he wipes out it says 2000 swine so I'm not sure that's a lot of swine I'm not sure what that meant to their economy but that was a huge part and that's why they're upset the herdsmen who were I, I love how the story says their they herdsmen who were who saw all this they fled and I'm thinking why would they why would they flee the area exactly you know why would they flee but they fled to quickly run and tell people what happened so that, you know, and, and using the eyewitnesses that were there that saw what happened, you know, now all these people are coming. really, how can two thousand, how can two thousand of of your swine suddenly die? And they had to let them know so that they themselves wouldn't be blamed for losing the economy, yeah, part yeah. of the economy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and um, that's why they were angry at Jesus because that's what he did they were afraid they were even more afraid that if jesus stuck around a little longer how many other people um did would he find that were demon possessed that would also probably go into the swine as well what what more could they lose with having jesus around and that's ironic isn't that ironic where you've already seen you hear this man who's been screaming you, you you're this you, we call him probably the 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 town lunatic who's been screaming day and night, running around the town naked, cutting himself is just a complete basket case. And a lot of them, you know, I'm sure are wishing, when is this guy, one, either gonna die or how, how can we somehow get rid of him? Or I can just imagine, I mean, isn't this how we treat, you know? I have to watch how I say that. Is this how we treat um, the homeless that we see walking mm-hmm. around that are even deranged? Right? We wonder, we we the city builds a specific or has a specific place for them, Fort Lauderdale, where they can be and 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 not and not touch everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And so you would think that. By seeing, especially in those days, people were afraid of men like this. This is this this is a crazy demon demon-possessed man. And now he's healed, you would think that wow, this guy is. This guy's well. What made him well? Who made him well? And if if this man, if this healer who's made him well, can do this for this man who's been crazy, then what can he do for so and so who, you know, has has also has a problem? You would think that they'd be like, "How much longer can you stay?"
0: Exactly.
1: Right. But because you go back, you know, across the sea in Galilee, he was being thronged. Mm-hmm. by multitudes yeah, jesus was yeah. kept out all day into the night they had to mm-hmm. feed these people who came not only to listen but to be healed he was healing like 20 if, if, if he could calm a 24 7 person he was but jesus jesus knew how to take his breaks but at the same time um you have all that and now you have it right across in the, in the different just just across the lake and the gadarenes here's these people and they see all this and you think they want more You'd think they want the healings to happen. You'd think they want Jesus to remain, but they were more concerned about their economy. They were more concerned about losing losing what they had. I, and I just find that ironic, but it's very true to human form. A lot of mm-hmm. us keep our, we don't want to let go of the, our, our demons. We don't want to let go of them. Yeah. Spiritualism.
0: I know you had um, your story at the end when you were talking about your grandmother and her story and the fact that um, she had delved into um, spiritualistic kind of behavior before when she was um, of another faith. How prevalent do you think spiritualism is nowadays in our church? In our church. Mm. Do you think
1: around still? I'm sure. Mm. See, we don't like to talk about that. Exactly, exactly. These days, Mm. you know, and which is why when I was discussing the sermon before I, um, I preached it, one, I had to make sure with... I called up my mother and I said, mom, are you okay with me saying this? And she's like, well, well, I don't understand why you're asking that. I mean, this is part of, this is part of the sermon. This is part of the testimony. Right. I said, well, you think that, right? But this can have a negative effect, yeah. you know, and, and pe- people where you work or, you know, whoever in Hawaii chimes into this sermon, they're going to go, oh, what? That's part of, you know, that family. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she goes, well, you know, grandma has been dead over 20 years. Mm-hmm. I go, right. I just want to make sure though, you're okay. Because even Armando had said, and, you know, deep within me, I knew that mom was going to be okay with that. I just had to make sure because it was a shocker. I'm like, why would you say something? You know, but Armando, he said, I don't know if you say that. Mm-hmm. And I said, why? Um, he goes, well, before you do anything, ask mom. I'm like, oh, I know, I, I know. I, will. of course I'll ask mom, but why do you say Um, why can't I, why shouldn't I say that? He goes, because even though that is something that could be prevalent, um, people, I don't think are ready to hear that. Mm -hmm. And I said, what, what do you mean by that? He goes, people, I honestly believe that people are just not ready to not only hear that, but associate um, someone they know, i.e. their pastor, you know, who would possibly have an association with that it's it's too much for for the mind
0: wow Wow.
1: and I said that is true I said but you realize you know there's a lot of witchcraft in Haiti yeah you know and all these other I I know all the I've heard stories Mm. from my friends in seminary all the (laughs) islands that they come from Mm. the culture you know there there there's stories of witchcraft from everything, but why is it that we don't want to say it? Someone's once said to me, oh, because we give power to it. No, you don't have to give power to it. But if you say these are the things that are going on, you're giving power. How do I say this? You are allowing, you know, that God is going to protect you, Mm -hmm. but you also have to be aware of the things that are going on, I mean, I'll be honest. Some, I won't give names. We've had to deal with some things that are that could delve into um, spiritual possession. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I remember a time when a member, or I believe a visiting member from our church, um, a visiting a visiting member, brought brought their family member. Can you please pray over this person? Um, we think something's wrong. We think he may be possessed probably. And so we were, were there. And of course, you know, when she's asking me, I'm thinking first in my mind was, uh, I'm not going to go in by myself, right. you know? And so right. I pull in, I pull in um, both Pastor Joe and Pastor Andrew, and we talked to this man and this man definitely had something going on. He was he, he, he was kind of speaking in tongues and so forth. And um, it, it was definitely an experience because I knew I was good. And what, what we did was we prayed over him. And I guess there are some things that we, that wasn't taught to me when, when I was in seminary. Um, when we prayed, Pastor Joe and I put our hands on, on the individual prayed and and close our eyes, of course, right? And then at the end, um, everyone gets up, everyone leaves, and of course we sit down and we we debrief a little bit. And Pastor um, Pastor Andrew says, um, "Never ever close your eyes when you pray. Someone always watches out." And and I said, "What? What? You didn't? <laughs> to me, you didn't close your eyes." He's like, oh, no, my eyes were open, watching out for all of us because anything can happen. He goes, and did you think you think the person you prayed over had their eyes closed? Oh, no, he was staring me down the whole time, you know, and, you know, that just brings to perhaps my naivete because I've only dealt with something like that twice before that episode, you know, but perhaps my naivete was, wow, so there are deeper things that, that, thank goodness I am learning. But, you know, as we discussed it further, and and um, I discussed it with a mentor of mine, they said, remember, sorry for the podcast, but spirits can jump, you know, and these are the things that are not talked about. And we never even understood, you know, even, even the seminary, there's maybe two classes that mm-hmm. deal with how to deal with the spiritual world and and perhaps perhaps in the U.S. it's not maybe things aren't as prevalent as in other countries where there's so much of it going on or we could just try to be closing a blind eye to these things now you know but the thing is things are happening and if we're not going to be genuine about it what is the shows that just came out several years ago? Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. You know, the movies for the cinematography, they're, they're pretty awesome, but you know, people truly do, because of that, because of those movies at that point on eBay, all the sales for, um, the sales for, for wands, and rooms and all those things started racking up because kids and adults wanted to try you know and and and, and the wiccan groups grew mm. and so these things are no joke people think that it really doesn't touch you if you don't if you don't go into it but it's walking all around you i mean a, quarter, a third of heaven fell.
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: You know, there is Satan walks this earth with his angels and we have to be aware.
0: Yeah, that was what was so prevalent in my discussion with the youth. They thought that they didn't need to be aware of anything like that because it's just like God's got us covered. So we'll just be cool. And it doesn't really exist that much. And I realized that even if our younger generation doesn't think it exists what about the older generation that have probably experienced it and I'm Mm -hmm. not talking about it because it's just like oh well yeah 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 it's bad stuff let's just put it over there but for me personally I think we need to be aware of it aware that these things actually do happen so when you told your story it's like yeah that can happen of course because they're powerful too and so if we are aware that we need Jesus continually in our lives to protect us with that covering because we don't know what's going to happen. We really don't know what's going to happen. So we have to allow God just to cover us and to give us the wisdom so that everyone that we meet, we are able and equipped to deal with them. Because Mm -hmm. how how do the people that have the demons now not have them anymore? Isn't it exactly. that we're going to have Jesus that introduced them to Jesus that they now know that, oh, wait a minute, I need Jesus?
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, right. Isn't right. It another group of people that we need to reach. Quite, I mean, it's so spiritual world, people are not aware of it. Mm. But it's so easy. I can't even. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to worry the podcast listeners. But when you think about it, Ouija boards, yes, come on now. Uh, and I have had friends who have played with them. I, I there was a little my, my grandparents, you know, there's top and bottom top and bottom houses, and they used to rent to a family, and I used to play their their daughter was, oh, I'm shoot, like seven years younger than me or so, something like that. And I used to run down and play with her every so often. And she goes, oh, I have a game we can play. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, well, oh, it's a new one that my sister and I have just, that was just by, we've been playing with it. I'm like, all right, thank the good Lord. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus, that I was already clued in at at age 11 or 12. (laughs) Right. And this little girl brings out a Ouija board. Mm. She brings out a Ouija board. She goes, here, let's play. We ask this thing questions and it'll move. It's like magic. And this is how. And so and I, you know, I saw this. I'm like, oh, no way. You want your mom bought this for you. Mm. And oh, yeah. My sister and I play with it every so often. It's fun. You ask it questions and it, it will answer and I said, Oh, nope. And I already knew get out of there, you know, and I just left, you know, uh-huh. but so, 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 so here's the thing, right. For our, for our, 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 youth who I love it. And I thank God that our parents and they, our youth are protected in the fact and knowing that to know Jesus, that is their protection. However, you have to be aware. Mm-hmm. These things that are out in this world, Ouija boards and stuff, these are like the gateways. These are the start, Mm -hmm. just the little start to things off. Imagine yours, and and I'm I'm going off of a story I heard, but imagine just hanging out with this Ouija board and it's fun. And people say, oh, no way you moved it or something. But then, (laughs) but then, you know, you thought, oh, that was fun. Let's go back and do it. Again, let's freak ourselves out more. Let's go do it at night around a campfire. You know, it gets deeper and deeper. And you may be, it may be all fun and games the first time, nothing happens. You know, but then when then you begin to realize that stuff are actually happening, that's when the mind, you know, Satan steps in and go, "Well, let's play with your mind a little bit more and show you a little bit more." And that is when you get caught. And this is just spirit. You know, this is just dealing with spiritism. I, I, I know someone. Who, who has a daughter and I was at their house and um, they're, they're not Christians or Adventists, but they're like, oh yeah, check this out. Hey, let's play with these tarot cards. I'm <laughs> just like, what? You know, I just took my daughter out for a fun time and we, we we visited this shop and we just came home with a bunch of tarot cards. So here, come here, let's sit down and, and read them. Read the poems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing, you know, these little props. Mm -hmm. amazing because once you get stuck into them and and it starts off as games tarot cards are like games yeah right ouija boards are games Mm -hmm. and these are the ends that satan takes Mm -hmm. into our mind Mm -hmm. here come just try this little not even a cigarette anymore is why don't you try this vaping stick Mm -hmm. and you can have it in flavors of cherry and orange and whatever, it's really cool. And you know, there's really no nicotine in this, it's something else. Yeah. And it's so, it, it's just these little, little things that start you off. And I get afraid. I get afraid for our children on how, if we don't teach them now what's going on, then when they go off and experience life on their own, how much more fortified are they not? If we are, if, if we are not vigilant, and if we be stay, if we as parents stay afraid to, oh, you know, what, we don't want to let them know about the mm-hmm. spiritual realm too much because, you know, we're we're not in the Philippines. It's huge in the Philippines. Oh wow, huge Spiritism is huge. If you if you delve into that, there are places where you cannot go because because of the practices that are there. Wow you know, and, and I'm sure there it's huge in other places. If I were to actually research, I'm sure things are huge here around us that we don't even know about, Absolutely, they are. They you know, are. yeah. but the only thing is just to spark that curiosity and try try it once or twice. And, you know, it's easy as that. And so I am I, I, afraid sometimes, you know, even I question myself, how, how much should I, should I, tell my kids I don't want them to get so curious that you know I remember mom said this stay away from that you know but at the same time I have to make them aware don't mess with this stuff this stuff these are the little things that draw you in yeah
0: yeah 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 so your story with your grandma it was kind of heartrending. with your dad as well why did you choose to tell that story connected with this bible verse that you were opening up
1: I was wondering, well, because that story first came up, w- which part? How
0: your grandmother was treating your father.
1: Her bitterness towards, quote unquotes losing my mom. But really, honestly, they lived down the road from each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but her bitterness of losing her little girl, of, you know, now having not as much control or hardly any control as she used to have, and to have to hand over reins to my father, you know, mm-hmm. because you know, children, when, when you marry, you must leave, right? Leave and cleave, yeah. right? Leave and cleave, right? And um, and for for her not to be able to have that that bitterness, and. I think her, her story also goes back to things that may have happened to her in the past, you know, in their own, in their own lives before even my, my mother or cause she had my mother late in life um, before even my mother or father came on the scene, but already some deep seated roots of bitterness flows over now into this relationship. Mm-hmm. This, this bitterness then becomes. Hmm, it becomes unfor- unforgiveness, mm-hmm. you know, and that was one of the huge things that was part of um, our lives as children, mm. watching so many fights, mm. fights um, between my be, be, between my mother and her parents, mm. you know, over control control over, you know, let me do this my way. This is what, this is what, what we want to do. And I just, to hear so many different vile things that are said, you know, about your own parent,
0: Mm.
1: you know, it was her fault. Sometimes I would cry, you know, in the car. I see my parents were working, so they would work until maybe five or six at night. And then they would travel back, and by that point, you know, my grandparents were on it. Dinner was on the table at six mm-hmm. and, you know, they're feeding you and so forth. And, and so I was always, like, come, come to pick me up um, from grandma and grandpas because my, my siblings are older. And just to listen, listen to these things and always wonder, why is it such a hard thing? Why can't they, you know, my question was, how come you don't like daddy? why do they say these crazy things well it's okay you whenever you hear these things going on you just remember how much mommy and daddy love you Mm -hmm. and and to don't let you know don't let what they say affect uh, uh, affect your relationship with us pretty Mm much you know and you see this There, there was a time when my father went on a business trip To San Diego, I think he was gone a week, and I was about eight years old. I remember it so vividly. He went, he came back. I was so excited. I'm Daddy's girl, so excited to see him. He came knocking on the screen door. Jenny, na 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 na, I'm here. And he comes, and he had a bag with him. Daddy, 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 and and he's like, Hey, baby, I'm back, and um and he was home in the afternoon. It was early afternoon and he wanted to take me out, take me, take me home. You know, my grandmother refused. Oh, wow. She refused to let me go because it was still her time with <laughs> with me. Right. Wow. I wasn't supposed to go home until until mom, mom and dad
0: goodness. pick me
1: up. Right. And he was like, I've been gone a week, no, no, let me, let me take her oh, ice cream. I think it was ice cream or something, just home, basically just home, you know, go chill, watch TV back at home. And she would not allow it. And he tried, my, my father, he was so, so humble. He tried, but the hurt was all over in his, in his eyes, you know, and he says, and I was crying too. Let me, he goes, it's okay, baby here, take, take what I brought back for me for you from California. It was candy and a shirt and stuff. And just hang on to those until I see you in a few hours with your mother. And then we can go out for ice cream then. So these are the things, you know, I, I love my my grandparents. They 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 made up um, materially in what in, in the things that my parents couldn't afford, growing us all up. And they, you know, they they had their own ways of raising us when mom and dad were um, at work which which was great but that those instances are such instances that you know i still remember because as a kid that hurt and and now seeing it if she could have just let go yeah. if she just could have just made her peace but to even know that even on her deathbed these thoughts were in her mind, you know, and she is so kind that she couldn't even see my father that was standing right there visiting with my mother, you know, and I think at that point, even my mom was shocked, like, really? After how many years, mom, mom, you are about to, you know, when you next open your eyes, it's going to be Jesus, Mm. you know, that, don't why are we why are we talking like this mm-hmm. why are you talking like this let it go you know and she did it and just though I she couldn't she died like that very still bitter toward my father and so these I think these are the things the things that latch on to you when you it can start off small for her it started off small resentment that my mom left the house. Resentment that my mother got married, that she, um, that she went away, and and it grew into something so much bigger, mm. you know. And these are the demon of unforgiveness. It's the spirit. I shouldn't say the demon. The spirit of unforgiveness. That's cruel. That's harsh. You know, someone I spoke to after church, um, they said they were, I'm not sure if they worked in a hospital or, or they may, perhaps they've been at, they've experienced it. They said, you know, we see this a lot in the hospital where families, they just can't get it together mm-hmm. at the end. And it's so hurtful to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how can we as,
0: as Christians, Identify this spirit if we have it within us. How do we get rid of it? This unforgivingness, this bitterness, this this resentfulness that we have towards whoever it is, and it could be a legitimate um, reason. Situation, yeah. Mm-hmm. They've not oh. done too so much, and so they're. Oh, trying to yes, I to feel this way because you know all they've done. You know how do we flip that around and say, you know, I, I forgive you hundred percent, really properly,
1: honestly. It's it's easy it's easy to forgive someone like stealing twenty bucks from you, right? Mm. Hundred bucks, yeah. whatever. It's much harder to forgive someone who has hurt you tremendously. This this subject came up um, in one of our last week's last week's prayer meeting Bible study. We were talking about confession Mm -hmm. um because the whole book is about transformation how to transform how christ transforms you so we're working through these lessons and this one was about confession and in this confession it's what is god asking you to confess okay confess your sins confess a b c d but in order to be in order for that to work you not only confess but you repent and you forgive your brother Mm -hmm. You know, you ask God for forgiveness for whatever you've done. You also ask forgiveness of your brother who, whom has, whom you have hurt. And you also have to accept There, you know, when they ask you for forgiveness. So someone goes, how do you, when someone has hurt you so much, or one, do we have to be face to face <laughs> to, to forgive each other? Wow. Good question. I'm like, very good question. Good question. Well, how, oh, hmm. You Know I thought, well, what do you what 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 do you mean by that? And someone pipes up on the line, well, if we're thousands of miles away in different islands or different countries, okay, well, that okay, that is one, that's true. Can't do that. And fine, a phone conversation is good, but I think this is why God also says, you know, come together so that we can see and read on each other's faces and know that it's genuine or not. Um, and, and you can do that. Then, then the person goes, But well, what if that person doesn't know that they've hurt you? Well, what do you mean they don't know? So uh, another question goes, what if the person doesn't know that they've hurt you, um, but you're harboring bi- feelings of bitterness and, and unforgiving? I said, okay, perhaps they don't know. Perhaps they were saying their truth, um, whatever the truth was, and in, in the conversation, they've hurt you because of whatever has come to light, mm-hmm. then if they have hurt you and if you're hurt so bad, you should then be able to tell that person, hey, you know what? In our conversation the other day, these are some things you said that hurt me. And that other that other person will either say one of two things, I'm sorry. Or they'll say, well, you know, but that's the truth. <laughs> this is how, you know, it affected me. And um, then there from there, you have to deal with that. Are you going to let that keep you, you know, from forgiving that person? I go, but then I think about people who have been for a loss of abused, mm-hmm. molested, raped, all that stuff. People who that has happened and they have to, and I know people say, well, forgive and forget. <laughs> right. Forgive and forget. And then how can, how can then if you're supposed to forgive and perhaps you do per, perhaps, perhaps an uncle raped you as a child mm. and you've, and, and it's taking you years, years to come to that place where you've, <sighs> Come to God and you said, all right, I forgive him. And you even have a talk. Perhaps you have a talk with your uncle. You Back and forth talk. You forgive each other. But then every time your uncle walks in the room at a family party, you know, or if you have a daughter, are you going to let that daughter go and have a talk? Mm -hmm. You know, because you know what happened to you right is that not is is that unforgiveness no that's being safe because you know right but then every time you know you see uncle at a family gathering you just can't you just can't help but have your mind brought back so right then then someone goes okay well with that is that unforgiveness because every time you see that person you hurt a little Sometimes for some people, the trauma is so bad, so bad that they would rather move countries or whatever to not be with that person, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're asking, how do we forgive? For some things like that, I think it's a daily regiving of ourselves mm-hmm. back to Christ. I don't think I don't think it is as easy, truly. I truly don't think it's as easy as forgive and forget. Okay. Because um, God can't, <laughs> someone says, God can wipe your memories. Uh. <laughs> I don't know about that, you know, because we're still in, we're still on earth.
0: Exactly.
1: You know, and someone says, but if you ask God to make you forget, he will make you forget. Oh, no, I that wasn't asked on that on the prayer line I, go, I don't think so for for people who've for people whose families have been a family member has been murdered and they know that killer's on the loose or maybe the murderer is in their own family that is not easy you can't forget that but in your heart you know this is the kind of thing that you have to always come to God it's, it's not that easy it truly isn't sorry i'm your pastor no it's something that you always have to say father i'm still wrestling with this mm-hmm. today i'm wrestling with this help me today just help me today to find it in my heart to forgive this person again mm-hmm. to because forgiveness is not uh, how do you say it forgiveness is not about the other person Mm -hmm. forgiveness is about you Mm -hmm. what you hold in your heart because that person could be walking around that person could have you say i forgive you that person's like "Woo! relief done forgotten
0: that's right right.
1: you know i am off the hook thank you for forgiving me for sleeping with your husband or your Mm -hmm. wife or thank you for forgiving goodbye but for you who has been hurt, for you who have been abused, it's something that you—it's it's something to work on. It is something that you need to always ask God for. Until there will be a time, I truly believe, for those who are truly struggling with different things, there will be a time, somewhere down the road, where you can look at someone who's hurt you and be like, okay. But, you know, that all depends on the hurt. Yeah, it all yeah. depends on the level of it. And, and, and how much you have been steamrolled <laughs> over and over in the process. It's true. it's true. Wow. Thank you very much, Pastor Jen. Yep. I didn't mean for that to sound depressing. I'm just no saying. It's trying not. It's not it's not to be realistic, you know.
0: That's the reality of it. It's the reality of it. And I think a lot of people go through that. Whereby they are having to, they know as a Christian, you know you're supposed to forgive because that's what God requires of you. But to do the actual act, it is it takes that constant communication with God, it takes that constant giving it back to Him. Uh, yeah, I'm still struggling today. Yeah, this is still hard for me today, and it's it's so true. It has to be that constant thing whereby. And, and the scenarios that you've talked about, I mean, they are just devastating. And there are a lot of people that go through that. But it's just when you harbor that bitterness and that resent, resentfulness, it, it's not good for you, A, for your health,
1: mm-hmm,
0: and mm-hmm. your spiritual walk. I mean, how can you see Jesus' face if you've got this constant, I, uh, I, hate, this person, right. I hate this person in you. You know, that's, it's so very important to really address it. So, yeah.
1: And, you know, I always thought too, and someone had said, sorry, I, I, I'm even thinking of veggie tales. Um, There was, well, how many times do you forgive anyway? Junior yes. is various, you yeah. know, and then, then it could then pops up the story. Well, you know, in the Bible, it says 70 times seven. Well, what is it? 470 times. And then you think, oh my goodness, that's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, that's a lot. lot.
0: How do you keep tabs of that? How do you say, yeah. okay, I forgave you today. And okay, do you keep tabs of that?
1: I wonder, I truly wonder if there's somebody who has, but, but that's the whole point, right? So if there's someone that has totally wronged you, like what we just talked about, if it becomes, at first we think, oh, that is so many times, there is no way that I could forgive that person that many times, or Lord, how could you forgive that person so many times? But if you think about it, even though the number four hundred seventy, if you you know you do that in the Bible, if this is something, if you're struggling with something that you always have to give, die to Christ and give it to God daily, let's just say one year, you already got three hundred sixty days under your belt, three hundred sixty times under your belt. Exactly. Exactly. Right? It's not. It's truly not that. Large of a number, the whole point is, you know, the whole point of that number is you just have to keep on doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and
0: working true. at it. Yeah. So true. All right. Thank you very much, Pastor Jen. <laughs> You're welcome. Let's
1: end with a word of prayer. All right. Heavenly Father, tough conversations, Lord. Tough okay. conversations for tough times. But Father, you gave us your examples over and over in your book, Lord, of how to deal with all the situations that this earthly life is giving to us, Lord. And yes, Father, although we we read the story, your story of the demoniac, and now we, we, we wonder in this day and age, where are the demons, but Lord, they are around in so many different forms, you know, so many different addictions that begin, Lord. And so we ask you, not only for your protection, Lord, but for your strength, for eyes to see what we need to change in our lives, Lord. Um, the cobwebs that we need to clear, Father, and for strength especially to do them. To know, Lord, that you have the ultimate power, Lord, to help us get rid of of all these demons that we personally struggle with, Lord Jesus, and that to give us hope that if you can do that for Lesion, Lord, who had was riddled with 6,000, you could, surely do that for us Lord and so we claim that promise in you and especially with those who are 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 dealing with bitterness and, and unforgiving natures Lord I know it's so much easier said than done Lord but Father this is where we take you god and we trust you to take what we cannot do every day lord to just lay it all back onto the altar for you to take up and intercede for us father so i thank you i thank you father for the miracles um, in our lives that we will see changing lord i thank you for hope that you have constantly give us in the form of you and the holy spirit our comforter father and I ask that you continue to dwell daily in our lives. In your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you again, Pastor Jan.
0: To all our podcast listeners, um, just to remind you, you can send your questions and your comments to nine five four three eight 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 seven eight zero. And we have birthdays. We do birthdays. have birthdays.
1: Birthdays. Um,
0: colin's birthday was july
1: 4th oh he's an independence day baby (laughs) there was sending him tags Um, i totally didn't connect it to july 4th
0: (laughs) yep he's a july 4th baby so that was his birthday on july 4th and melody gulab is july 10th 10th 7th 7th he's coming up and holly calibro Is July 9th. That's coming too. And I have forgotten one, which is July 5th, which is Deborah Sales. Hey! Yep, it's her birthday, July 5th as well. So happy birthday to all our celebrants in church, and I'm sure we're missing a few, but happy birthday to everybody too.
1: Happy birthday, happy birthday.
0: So As we end, um, just want to remind you all, just remember Elaine's family and your prayers and anyone else that have lost loved ones recently and to have a wonderful day and just remember to keep choosing Jesus every day.
1: Amen. Amen.